Hello, I'm really pleased to welcome you all to the very first podcast in the new Prevention Matters podcast series. My name is Angel Bryan and I'm the Bucks County Council Community Links Officer for the Aylesbury South locality within the Prevention Matters program. Over the next few months, I want to explore in a bit more depth some social and community topics with the help of community groups and organizations providing support services, volunteers, service users, and public sector agencies. In these podcasts, we'll be discussing and in some cases debating a whole range of issues affecting older people and vulnerable adults within communities throughout Buckinghamshire. This first podcast looks at befriending. So what exactly is befriending? And, and why is this type of support needed? To help me explore this is Vicki Royal, team lead for Buckinghamshire Mind and organization offering support to adults and young people with mental health issues and older adults with dementia. Also joining me is John Whiteman, chair and trustee of Enrich Bucks, a charity that focuses on enriching the lives of adults with disabilities by enabling them to follow leisure, learning and sporting activities. I would, I would say that uh, often the people that we encounter uh, suffer a kind of double whammy. That you might have a stroke, for example, or something that's, that affects your physical ability. And that's a challenge in itself. But what it also often does is to completely disrupt your social life. So that after actually you've coped with the physical effects, the long-term effect is that you're, you're isolated. Um, and, and loneliness can almost be the harder thing to, to live with than, than the direct effects of whatever disability, mental or physical, that, that, it, might, that it might be. Um, some of the people that we, we see might not have been out of their houses for months which is almost impossible to, to imagine you know, what it can feel like, especially people who, uh, if it's a stroke, for example, they, they may have been very active in their life, then suddenly, not only can they not do that, but they can't actually get out, it's like being in, in prison. So it's to, it's to kind of open the, open the windows of, on, for them back onto the world, I think. I think because there's a lack of support from other options. So we are a mental health charity and a lot of our people have been with the mental health teams. But at some point that support comes to an end. Um, and befriending is a really good option because it's free for the client. We recruit volunteers who are our befrienders. Um, and so it fills that need where people perhaps don't get the support that's available from um, statutory care or other services. Well, what about family? I think particularly with mental health, People can wear out their family relations quite quickly, quite easily. And be, having a befriender is somewhere in the middle between having a counsellor or a professional person and having a friend. It's that sort of boundaried role which allows all those lovely things, that so, sort of social going out, perhaps enabling people to do things that they can't do on their own, hopefully giving them some confidence and promoting self-esteem. But we're not taking family or friends we're not using that sort of support network because that network is already probably quite tired. And perhaps this is another way of getting that support. Yes, I, I agree with that. So, and some people will have limited access to family. Oh, and if they're ageing, then their family, their, their, their partner, will themselves be ageing so that it's more, more difficult for, for them. So it's also actually to give them a break. How do you draw that boundary and how do you ensure that there is the boundary mm. that's defined so and it's adhered to? Um, a really quite robust training programme that all our volunteers will do and it 
is around mental health issues and listening skills and the dilemmas that might come up when you're a befriender. So I've been running a befriending service for nearly 15 years and we know exactly what sort of things can come up that can be an issue and we can use those things as training examples to show people where problems can come up and how they can avoid them or deal with them. You know, it's important that as a befriender, you're not a friend. So we we sort of recommend people don't know each other's surnames. They just work on a first name basis um, and they don't know where they live. They don't share phone numbers. All the communication is done through Buck's mind. So it kind of means that boundaries can't be overstepped, that it's all fairly confined. They know the sort of tasks or the sort of uh, activities that they're going to engage in and... It's all very individual, so it actually depends on the refer on the person you've referred and what their needs are. But that's what we'll be working with. It's trying almost not to be a friendship when it's time limited, so that's quite difficult. We need to make sure that the person is always aware that this is going to come to an end after six months or a year, depending which service they're with. Um, that's, that's funny because that's almost completely different concept from it? what we do because we obviously don't have a focus on a particular kind of, I mean, other than physical or sensory disability. So yeah. we'll have strokes, we'll have MS, we'll have lots of head injuries, we'll have all kinds of different disabilities. But our outcome actually, though we don't talk about, we don't actually talk about befriending, but our outcome, we hope, is that they become friends. But the starting point is that you find somebody that shares an interest, whether it's classical music or cricket or Formula One, whatever it is. Um, and that almost sort of defines the, the boundaries of it. So our aspiration is that, is that uh, you, the member, and your partner, as we, as we call you, will become friends and won't need us anymore and it will carry on. And, and we have friendships that have carried on for years and years without us intervening. We support it at the, at the beginning and the first, the first meeting or a couple of meetings or whatever will, will be there. Um, but what we try to do is to put you in touch with you Right. and gradually step back. So what, what does the role of befriender actually involve? Well, I believe anyone can be a befriender if they've got some empathy and they like people. They can most likely meet somebody who they're going to be able to get on with and support. We, we have a sort of interview procedure, they do our training, and there may be that if we had a concern about somebody, perhaps because they just didn't have that understanding about mental health, we might look at them again and sort of have a chat with them and see if it was exactly what they wanted to do, and perhaps there might be something else that they wanted to do with a different organisation because mental health is quite specific and you do need to have an understanding about it I think but they can be any any age any person and we match people very carefully and that's the key to befriending I think that when you're trying to set up a partnership it can work so well when you get the match right and um, but we're time limited mainly because we don't want to make people dependent on somebody else so with mental health it's quite important that we're empowering people, but also trying to give them the skills to be able to live independently um, and perhaps put support in place so they've got that in their wider lives. And what sort of other criteria would you use in terms of your matching process? Really, it's sort of interest, location, age, perhaps if they've got children, those sort of just lifestyle, um, life experience um, similarities, really. And it's not really a science. It's not an exact science anyway. And sometimes we do get it wrong, you know, and sometimes Sometimes they don't work, but where they do work, they the people who have the funders really report improved levels of confidence and self-esteem. And I agree with Vicky that there's no stereotype for the volunteer. There are different patterns, but we accept anybody 
over 16 who meets our DBS, mm. obviously the usual kind of checks that you, that you go through. And then it's the criterion of, of shared interest. I think that the thing that we would look for is, is warmth, certainly, and a sort of acceptance, a non-judgmental approach to the mm. person that whatever their situation is, that's that's fine. To sum up, what would you say were the sort of the, the benefits of befriending for both the you know the person who is the the friender, but also for the person who's receiving that sort of friendship? I, I think we're we're coming from different or looking at different different kind Absolutely. of issues. But yeah. for us, it's people feel they've got their life back, and that's what that's our aspiration is that is that people actually feel better about themselves. And I, the other side of it for us, I think, is is um, the, the the volunteers feel quite a satisfaction and and a self esteem. I mean, there are some volunteers who have had, say, their career disrupted, and and volunteering and um, helping somebody else can be a good route back actually to build their own confidence. That so doing voluntary work can be a route back towards. Uh, employment. For somebody who's had a mental health problem and perhaps has worn out some of their relationships, I think having a relationship with one person that you build up, um, it's a continuous thing, it's a regular thing that you're going to do every week, it can be really helpful to your mental health and it can be the start of forming other relationships because you're learning perhaps again how to interact with somebody and how to get on with people. So it's a start to trusting people again and to being able to form relationships I think. And for the, for the volunteer also, it's we have a lot of people who've been through our services and then become volunteers afterwards. So that's a really lovely thing to see because people really benefit and then feel they can give something back after it as well by being a befriend themselves. I'd like to thank you both, uh, Vicky Royal and John Whiteman, for your contributions to our podcast. Thank, thank you. you.